My name's Annie. My name's Federico Fellini. Or Bill Mundrin. And we're here to talk to you about garbage. About which we no, just strongly... No, 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 Annie. You gotta understand, I'm on the run because there was a heist that went wrong ten years ago. My new name is Federico Fellini and I'm hiding in San Andreas. Uh-huh. Don't tell it what. Uh-huh. Because it's, this is, this is, this is lead into our talk for about Grand Theft Auto this week. That was really subtle and artful, Bill. I'm enormously impressed. Yeah. So you said... I thought you were not going to buy Grand Theft Auto. I wasn't. And bought it anyway. I wasn't. So what convinced you? Um, what was the change? Really? I, ju- I really just really wanted to play a video game yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Did you not have, did you not have like a backlog? Something you'd fall back onto rather than having to drop 60 bucks on a game that you really didn't want to play? Well, here's the thing. Grand, or Saints Row really scratched <sighs> the open world itch, but I still wanted to, yeah. I kind of wanted to play an open world game still. And I looked at our library, and I wanted to play something new, and I wanted to hear a new story, and so I was like, well, I don't know. So I was like, oh, well, my, my wife and I had our anniversary, our one-year domestically partnered anniversary uh, on Friday. And uh, yeah. so we were um, just hanging out at the house, and we were going to watch Kingdom of Heaven. And I was like, oh, well, while we're watching the movie, I'll download the game to the PS3 and live in this modern technological era where I can download a console game and do yeah. live my life. Well, not knowing... I forgot the PlayStation 3, they actually, like, most new titles actually come out, uh, you can download them the same day they actually hit retail, whereas the Xbox 360 still doesn't do that. Yep, PS3, but, day and day. But man, that's one thing I, I can't wait for the new consoles where everything's going to be day and date digitally. Well, that's, oh, here's the thing, my the friends. Little What's did that? I know that the game was not downloading while we were watching the movie. Why? What happened? I don't know. It just didn't download. So I went, I had to go in and started downloading and it's an 18 gig file and it yeah, took, for whatever reason, I'm sure between my connection and their server, <coughs> yeah. it took, I'm going to say five hours to download. Uh, PSN is notorious with uh, their incredibly slow downloads, so that's you, that that's not just you. And then on that, top of that, yeah. I it took about uh, thirty minutes to install. So it was really. So well, that's what I always hear people complain about. Like people will be like, if you want to like download a game and have fun with it that evening, yeah. you're not gonna have fun with it that evening. Yeah. You'll get it all ready for maybe tomorrow night. Yeah. But yeah, if you're if it's like eight o'clock and you're like, oh man, I want a game to play, you're not at best, you're not gonna be playing that shit until like eleven p.m. Yeah, yeah. So it, it uh, man, my brain just it would have been faster you to get in the car. It would have. I could have walked, Myers, walked to a store to buy the game, come back, and gotten like the three sixty version <laughs> and just like installed the two discs and go crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I did. Oh. I did wind up getting Grand Theft Auto. I hadn't played very much of it because it only started and it only was available to play at eleven thirty last night. But uh, and also like the first three hours, you're not really doing a hell of a lot. There's ooh. a lot of cutscenes and like yeah. there's a whole big flashback mission at the beginning of the game and stuff like that. So you're not really exploring the breadth of San Andreas, which right by the way the is the worst. I mean, I get what they were doing, and parts of it are beautiful, like escaping into the snowy fog is beautiful. But, like, literally the first thing you see is, like, this weird little room and these rubber-faced dudes doing classic yeah. rock star acting. 
And uh, it was like the fully. They're kind of Muppet hands yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Fully looks at me and she goes, Is this a graphical improvement? And I'm like, Technically, yes. But this. Is this PlayStation 2? She, she was too funny. She's like, Wait, why are we excited about this? I'm like, Hold on. You don't go yeah. to Grand Theft Auto for the um, rich and insightful uh, cutscene. You go to it for the world. No, Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, the character animation is always terrible yeah. and the interiors are almost always terrible. Uh, actually, in this game, the interiors are actually kind of like some of the worst interiors are kind of like in the beginning of that game see that's that, the like, thing where you're just like in a bland bank vault yeah i get why you don't want to put a whole lot of effort into that thing you're never going to revisit but on the other hand it's the first thing you see so in the game. Your game yeah yeah Ugh. it sets the tone it don't set much of a tone if anything though it makes you all the more impressed when you get outside and the world is beautiful and snowy and that's nice yeah so. there, there hasn't been much snow in the grand theft auto game so that's kind of a nice little there's not much weather in open world games in general. There's not, especially there's no, I don't think there's an open world game where there's passage of time, much less many games that take place in any kind of snowy stuff. Well, I mean, um, there's. Well, no, I guess there's, Red Dead had the snowy north you could run yeah. around in. And, and Skyrim doesn't have the passage yeah. of time, but it does have a variety of locales. You've got the steamy, That's true too, you know, yeah, to exactly. the snowy and et cetera, et cetera. So basically, Billy, you're so wrong was... and you're dumb. Yeah. So, how far into the game have you gotten? Spoilers for anyone who hasn't played the first, like, two or three hours of, of GTA V. Um, barely any. Like, I got, I haven't even gotten to, um, what's his name, Trevor, yet, at all. Oh, Trevor, no. It took, I just opened up Trevor, like, two days ago. It took me a week to open up Trevor. I just uh, got Franklin. I'm messing around with Franklin's mission. I played long enough to get Franklin a beard, so, <laughs> Did you give him, like, a big Franco Harris beard mm-hmm. like I did? Yeah. I gave him a little bit of a fro yeah. and a big old yep. Franco Harris, and the first... The first time I actually got any decent money with him, I bought him a brand new suit. So he's a super nice. classy black guy with his big Franco Harris beard. He looks like a footballer yeah. who's just came back, from, just came home from church. And so that's that. That's my Franklin runner. I, I dig it. Um, I dig it. Yeah, I gave him the exact same hair. Too, so yeah. you have the whole flashback showing at Michael's like whatever heist he was on that went bad that he faked his own death. I guess. Yeah. And then there's a cutscene to showing Michael in, like, modern day. And then suddenly it hands off the actual gameplay to Franklin. So you're not actually... You don't even actually play as Michael in the beginning, even though the whole opening, the credits and everything are all about Michael. And But, like, I do kind of like the weird kind of, like, passing off the torch to Franklin, and then you're playing as Franklin for the first, like, real two or three hours of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is your favorite character Lamar? Like everyone else's? Lamar is such a character of rich depth and acting... <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, man. It's just sure enough. It's <laughs> another Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, Auto. Yep. Yeah. This really is. Uh, this, this. You know what? I mean, I guess we can't talk about qualitatively whether or not this Grand Theft Auto is better or worse than any other Grand Theft Autos until you're, you've put more time into it. But I'm having a good time. I am legitimately surprised at how much of a good time I'm having in this game. I, find I mean, it, I've been... what I find fascinating about it is having just played Saints Row. It's interesting because the the basic thesis behind both games is so different. Like, yeah, they are polar opposite ends of the open world urban spectrum now. Yeah, it's like Saints Row really wants you to have as much fun as possible and will do everything it can to get out of your way. Whereas Grand yeah. Theft Auto, like, you, it's I died, like, so many times in the opening mission. And, really? uh, yeah, I did it. The, the first time I played through, I, I didn't, but I didn't save. And so this morning when I was replaying, yeah, I just, I died because like, I was trying to rush through it, to be fair. I yeah. died a bunch of times. Like, I've died on almost every mission I've done so far. Doesn't Saints, Saints Row also has difficulty settings, too, right? That I can't remember. 
Uh, whereas GTA definitely does not have Ooh. difficulty settings. So has, has the same Rockstar missions that you're ever, playing that are the same missions I play. Has Rockstar yeah. ever had a game with the difficulty setting? Not. Th- I'm. They may have. Maybe. <sighs> I bet you Lemmy the was... ping pong game, <laughs> whatever or the table tennis. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, you know, it's. I think it's. I mean, it's a really pretty game, which I actually get around exploring. Yeah. Uh, Los Santos. It's. I think it's it does gorgeous. look better than GTA 4. Oh, absolutely. Have you actually got, have you gotten out into the wild yet? I have like, have you seen the ocean yet or anything? No, like but I mean, just run, I've just been running around not too far field of where Franklin lives and uh, yeah. it's just a fucking gorgeous game, man. The city That's is a so big beautiful. ass city too. It's just rich. I mean, it, there's, it's just, it looks expensive. It looks expensive as hell. It is gorgeous. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. And like I was running around in this morning and there was no cars out, but the buses were running and mm-hmm. like... Is it the light? That kind of attention. That's the opposite. Whereas GTA or whereas San Andreas is not going to pay attention to any of that kind of that kind of weird. Anth- not anthropomorphic. No, but the life of the city. What's the it city called? is a character. Sociological life of the city. Mm-hmm. Whereas GTA will kind of do that. It's a little. It's a shame they kind of layer on a top of icing on the cake of that is like the stupid shallow characters and and, and the writing. And yeah. Stuff. But just in terms of war- running around the world, yeah. No, it's a really cool I, I, rockstar games always have the best open worlds as far as just the detail and the scope of those uh yeah. environments and you know i don't know it's you just so have welcome to, to grand theft auto it's basically it's like uh it's like the reverse of um oh i can't remember now but my my uh my world religion teacher in high school had used this metaphor maybe it was something that luther used about the church or something but it was, it was about faith uh-huh. and it's all about how um like it's a pile of dung covered with snow it's like the reverse. This is like a pile of snow covered in dung. It's like you have to get through yeah. all the the classic Hauser humor. Oh my god, have you looked at the internet, the web pages yet? A little bit. I've done some stock trading and that's it. They're really funny, Bill. Put on your chuckle hat, because it's time to giggle with Grand Theft Auto. <sighs> well, the like worst. one of the trading, one of the stock markets is called the ball sack. Oh, yeah. And so the NASDAQ, it's just like the most, it's, it's, those guys need to get some new fucking writers or something like that. I know that, like, writing the script for this shit is the only job that they have these days, because I'm sure they're just, they've just uh, delegated all responsibility for anything that company does to other people now, but, like, oh, my, that, uh, writing is not changed at all in the 12 years since the Grand Theft Auto went 3D. Um, what is interesting, though, is my... we da- Like I said, we downloaded a PSN, and the cover for it on PSN is that picture they've been um, floating around of the lady cop arresting the blonde. Oh, it's it's what's-her-face. Hot lady. Essentially, they... they, 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 they um, um, it's Ellen Page. <laughs> Making her 18th video game debut this year. No, what's from Fast and the Furious and Lost and stuff. Oh, they, they just ripped off. They their 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 best to rip off her likeness as the lady cop. But my point is, is that like fully, we're downloading this game, and fully's like not to be that feminist, but why the hell can't I be either of those characters? I would rather be either of those characters than another. Ugly oh, and you're gonna love the female characters you see in this game. Oh, they are so rich and deep and varied, mm. and their shrillness <laughs> and their lack of humor mm. <laughs> or humanity. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Have fun with that. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I feel like going going to Saints Row and really expecting any sort of even-handed treatment, or not Saints Row, of Grand Theft Auto, and expecting any sort of even-handed treatment of race, gender, or socioeconomical politics is just uh, well, asking kind of for because, a smack in the face. Like, 
people are upset because there's no female, despite the fact that there's three uh, playable characters in the game, there's no females. I was kind of surprised, even aside from the gender, I'm surprised, because they already did a black uh, protagonist in uh, San Andreas, I'm kind of surprised they just didn't go with a Latino. Mm. Actually, ultimately, actually would have been perfect if they had a Latino female protagonist. He could have been Michelle Rodriguez. Hell, I don't think you would have had to pay her that much to get, actually put her in the game as... You're actually playing they, as Michelle Rodriguez. They could just name her twofer. It'd her be character. perfect. Their problems um, would be solved because, at once, right? Well, because even the, the Franklin, the one black guy in the game, like his character is just really watered down, essentially copy of CJ from uh, San Andreas, where whereas CJ had like a whole family and he had a whole network of friends. Uh, Franklin is just the same thing, except he just lives with his one aunt and has one friend, Lamar. And apparently, he's gonna get a dog. Have you got the dog yet? Chops. Chops is the best. <laughs> Like Chops is gonna be my favorite character. Chops. Well, that's great because well, it actually turns out it's 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 Lamar's dog, but then you and and and, and, and inheriting it eventually. And I guess there's some kind of like like app you can actually yeah. download to your iPhone or your iPad that so you can train Chops. Yeah. So um, th- that's another way I wanted to bring that up. So I learned about that because during the loading screen they've got the little the little text. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really interesting the way they designed that from a UI perspective that it's it's kind of hard to read and easy to miss. And then in the game proper, again, this is realism, but it's not necessarily fun, where you're, to navigate through the world, um, you have to use the GPS, but there's no visual overlay. But that means you kind of have to glance down to the corner to see it. And also, you get, I'm sorry. The driving is really brutal and not terribly uh, easy to begin with. And then you glance down and you're smacking into something. And I get, it's just like real life, but it's not fun. The driving does get better because you do have a driving stat that the more you drive, the better that your handling gets. Right. I guess the point of the car is control just like they do in Saints Row. Sure. If you just drive long enough, which which is that that's kind of nice. But yeah, like, well, even then you'll get emails and text messages yeah. from people, too. They show up in your phone, and again, they just show up on a little box on the side of the screen that if you're in the middle of doing anything else, you may not even notice that shit happen. Yeah. Like, if you're in the middle of a gunfight or middle of a chase or something like that, I mean, granted, you could always pull up your phone and see what they what messages they sent you. But still, yeah, it's really... It's like this choice of realism versus fun. And they're letting yeah. realism and win. Again, with the f- you you have this phone. You're essentially running around with an iPhone. And the music. You can't, like, take music with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Andreas just came out. You play music no matter... They didn't even come up with it. It's, it's In that game, they didn't even have the excuse of an iPhone. Yeah, and San Andreas, they didn't even ra- You just randomly could listen to radio wherever you were yeah. going, no matter what you were doing. Whereas this, they, they make a, such a big point that you're specifically running with an iFruit phone uh-huh. that has music that has all this stuff but for some reason you can't like listen to mp3s on it when you're on foot uh it's just like a kind of an arbitrarily weird arbus uh oversight i don't know it's there's oh, yeah it's it's weird. yeah it's all about control like a loss of control like i feel like the housers have such a particular vision and they want you to see this world the way they and experience this world in this very particular way and be yeah. emerged in it and anything you can do to remove yourself from it they want to discourage. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It, like I said, it's just fascinating to play on the heels of Saints Row 4, a game that's kind of broken and not necessarily super 100% polished, and just in that it's so clear they had didn't have a lot of time to push it out. But um, uh, but it's fun, and it's all about fun, and Saints Row is not or not to say that Grand Theft Auto isn't fun, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a no, totally... No, but it's more of a kind of, like, it's more of a big budget... It's, like, Saints Row is essentially kind of like the Fast and the Furious versus the Michael Bay that is a GTA game. Yeah. 
where it's like the budget is ten times as much and it's glossier and better better special effects, but but not necessarily better written or more interesting because of all that extra production put into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, I'm having a good time with the game, but that's mostly just because I love exploring the huge world. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the characters, like, the, the three main characters, I'm actually surprisingly, uh, I, I kind of dig. But then again, I've always kind of liked all the, made, all the major GTA characters to some degree. I mean, dude, Nico Bellic was cool. Like, like I said, I love CJ. Um, I don't know yet, but still, it's, it's, we'll have more to talk about this next week, but yeah. I'm sure, but I don't know. Oh, Grand Theft Auto. Grand My Theft favorite part is what Is Foldy playing people? it, or are you just playing it? Oh, I'm playing it. Yeah, she has literally no interest in it. She's really having trouble just accepting it for what it is this time around. She's like, oh, so. all the flaws of Grand Theft Auto, I think, are maybe a little too flawy Grand Theft auto for her this time out. But having said that, yeah. once we get to the heist stuff, I'm sure she'll be more into it because she loves a good heist story. She can't say no to a good heist story. On the heist in this, like, I love that they actually give you the option to... I don't know if you've seen much about the heist stuff. I've I've not been paying too much attention about the hype for this game until I've actually been playing it. So the heist stuff is is cool because you get to uh, plan the heist kind of the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, heist can either be like you walk in there with the guns and hold everyone up and run away with the stuff, or you can make elaborate plans to like we're gonna get knockout gas and we're gonna do this and we gotta do this. And when you make the the plan, then you have to actually go requisition all the stuff for the heist. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to have knockout gas, you better steal a truck with knockout gas, bring it back to the hideout, hmm. and do all this stuff. Yeah. Which, and, yeah, I don't know, this is kind of cool. I kind of like it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. It's, it's a Grand Theft Auto game. You know, I can bitch and moan all I want about Grand Theft Auto games being Grand Theft Auto games and how boring that kind of gets. But I still buy them and I still play them. So what does it say about me, that I'm boring? What was the last mission you did as Franklin? Like, what Like what are you doing? I'm just fucking around right now. Like, I picked up a few little side missions. Um, I just okay. did the mission with the motorcycle where Lamar stole the motorcycle. I'm, oh, I'm like, so yeah, you're working for the repo guy. Yeah, okay, I'm yeah. literally at the start of the game. So um, there, There's some stuff I would talk about the structure of the game that would spoil some of the stuff that's going to happen in the future. But the structure of the game in terms of who you're working for and why you're working for them and why you're doing missions for little people... Uh, I was afraid that it would be a complete repeat of how they've done GTA games in the past, or not even GTA, but even like Red Dead. Mm-hmm. They kind of break that a little bit. We can talk about that next week once you've played more and, and seen more how the game is structured in terms of like who you're, why you're doing missions and mm-hmm. things like that. But, yeah. Well, I could see how the whole idea of this three protagonists would allow there to be a lot more interconnected, you know, things yeah. that uh, impact each other. That's that's and and just being able to jump from one to another and. To be doing different pissant things. Eventually, you can do it on the fly, which is nice. Yeah. For the first, until you've gotten Trevor, you're kind of railroaded. Like, okay, well, now the game just wants me to play as Michael for the next three hours. Like, well, the beginning of the game, you're really just playing as Franklin for the next couple. Like, yeah, you, you probably all week weekend long, you'll be playing as Franklin. But uh, then I'll send you back to playing some more Michael. But once you get Trevor, you can uh, jump back and forth between all three on a, on a whim. And, uh, had something I was gonna say. I forgot what it was gonna be. Yeah, that's frown, what I'm sure. I do. Um, say yeah, shit I, everybody else is saying. Uh, with, with switching between the three characters, I thought it was just gonna be a skin change. I thought you'd essentially just have the same character with the know. same money and everything like that, except, okay, now I'm playing as a white guy, now I'm playing as a black guy. No, it's actually, each character has their own set of missions, has their own set of side missions, mm-hmm. has their own bank account, has their own this, has their own that. And like I said, well, all this they have their own stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is like you are playing as three separate protagonists with their own three separate things going on in the world, which is kind of nice. And the craziest thing too, uh, when you get the chance to start switching back and forth between characters on the fly, 
when you drop in on the, on another character, a lot of the times they'll be in the middle of doing what the fuck bullshit. Yeah. Uh, like you might like for some reason like like you'll switch to another character and for some reason they're in the middle of stealing a golf cart from a golf course, <laughs> which is something you may not have like you may have never like you play the game for fifty hours and never get around to stealing a golf cart from a golf course, but for some reason that drops you into the middle of that and now you have to deal with that situation. So that's kind of a fun way for the game to suddenly like no matter what you were doing before now you suddenly have to deal with this like new ridiculous situation yeah. before you can ever do what you what you were planning to do with this new character, which is yeah, that's kind of fun and unexpected. And uh, it's it's I like that that that's cool. I don't know. Oh, I'm Grand easy Theft to please Auto. these days, I guess. Oh yeah, that's yeah. it, Bill. That's what everyone thinks of Bill Mudger, and they think easy to please. Oh! Yeah, yeah, it's funny because I've been playing with uh, Grumpy uh, podcast listener Grumpy Turtle, mm-hmm. and we've been chatting while we've been playing, and uh, he hates the game. That was the like, vibe I was getting. For some reason, I'm kind of like, man, Grand Theft Auto. I'm having a good time. I'm getting my sixty bucks worth, and he just like hates everything. And I felt bad last night because we were talking, and he was complaining about stuff. And I was like, is there anything about this game you like? And he's oh, like, Bill, no, I like Bill. it. It's just this game just drives me crazy. Bill, that is what it is you like know. to talk to you about literally. Well, that's anything. what I'm saying. So I feel like I'm. I've gone through the looking glass. How, I was going to say, like, how do you like I the look of that like face in the game. mirror, Bill? <laughs> uh, uh, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, I'm having a stroke. Uh huh. Right yeah. Hey, everybody, oh, no, this is the Boy Howdy podcast where Bill and I just stare at each other and look blank for a little while. I was going to say, there's a De La Soul album where this guy finds this uh, music tape in a trash can, and he starts listening to it, and he likes it, and he gets beat up by his friends because he likes it. He was like, I just like this music. And I, that's what I kind of feel like right now, where I'm like, everyone else hates it, but I kind of like this game. Sure. Which is funny, because this game's like getting perfect tens all across the I was board. I say, it's a Grand like Theft Auto game. It's fine. It'll but the fine. people we know are like, oh, Grand Theft Auto, me, me, me. But I'm like, me. I, I like Franklin. I like playing as a black person. I, I miss black people in my life. Um, that's anyway. actually that's kind of another thing. Like, you know, it's again, it's weird to play. It's it's rare to play as quote unquote real black people. I mean, there's black people in video games, but you know, it's usually like you're playing as like a black space marine or something like that. You're essentially just a palette swap of like of whatever characters. It's it's great to play as like quote unquote like like. Not to say all black people are like urban. Okay, black I'm gonna people. interrupt you right Frankly. now. I get what you're no, saying. You know no, what I mean? no, 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 like, no. I'm gonna come out like, and say the like, not racist sounding games... version of what you're saying. It's great to have a triple A no. title that sells makes billion dollars with an African American protagonist. Yeah, and not just that, but like uh, uh, Franklin ends up uh, developing a friendship with Michael. Yeah, and having two characters, having a black and white character in the world who are kind of like hanging out and, and friends, mm-hmm. and and not because they're space marines and living in the future where all racism is is suddenly moot. But, like, they're actually from different parts of society, and they're kind of working together. And, like, I don't even see that in movies very much, yeah. much like much yeah. video games. So that's just, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the end. Grand Theft <laughs> no, Auto. No, so that's the thing. It's like, Grand Theft Auto, you got, uh, it, they're willing to explore some ideas of masculinity with uh, sometimes a gentle hand. <laughs> ideas of masculinity and those fucking, oh, God, hey. we can talk about that next week, but that's mm. bullshit. Anyway, um, it's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, forget it, Jake. It's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, one step forward for 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 racial politics, fifteen step backwards for gender politics, <laughs> and everything so. else. Let's be honest here. Oof. Uh, let's see. Anyway. Yeah. So, like I said, it's, it was my wife and I's a uh, one year anniversary of domestic partnership. Congratulations! Yeah. So uh, we went out to have a fancy steak dinner, 
and got our feet massaged. It was so good. But the yeah, the thing is that there was it was on Saturday when we were um, just chilling out, and uh, my wife goes, "Honey, let's just watch Kingdom of Heaven." And I'm like, "Oh!" And she brought me my leftover steak, and I was just eating this big giant <laughs> hunk of ribeye with my fingers and watching Kingdom of Heaven with my hunky like wife, living like a caveman for an hour. I was like, "This is literally this is this is what they're talking about when they talk about the American dream right here, right now, dude." It was beautiful. My hunky wife. So yeah, it was really exciting. And uh, but the worst part of it was is that I was walking home from work on Thursday, <clears throat> and uh, I got a bug bite, and it is the worst bug bite I've ever had in my entire life because it's right below my tit. So my bra strap rubs against it, my tit rubs against it, and that means that whenever I'm walking around, I'm just in constant fucking agony because there's this giant red pulsing lump like that's just in constant contact with something or other. And then when I'm laying down, it's just throbbing with like this dull, terrible ache. It's the worst. It's the Can't worst. Can't you just slowly hold up your boob while you're walking around? She did do that for a little while because she's a kind and loving person, but it was not so sustainable. How did you get a bug bite? I don't know. Like, See, that's the worst part. Are you part. just walking around the house naked? Oh, I, it was while I was walking home from work, dude. What? Yeah. I got home and I was like, I was talking to my mom on the phone. And I'm like, why do I hurt? Do you have like scorpions in your, in your clothes that, washer? That's, that's the, the worst part on? of it all. Is even worse than the injury itself and the irritation. Oh. Uh, yeah. Both emotionally and physically. Is the thought of a fucking bug getting all up in my titties. Going to town. It's the worst. At least you can get bit on the titty. It could be worse. And then it's you true. just have to worry about your titties turning into bug bug, uh, bug nursing centers or something like oh, that. It's the worst. Like, that's why I just wound up laying on the sofa all afternoon. Because I had to, like, keep it on ice. And I couldn't move anywhere. Because I'm afraid under my titty. It's the worst. So you're just sitting there to- topless with ice on your boob. Just playing Grand Theft Auto. And that's, 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 that's the life, yep. huh? Yep. And my, and my poor wife is there for better or for worse. Through richer bug bitten titties. That must have put a cramp in anniversary makeout plans too. A little huh? bit, a little bit. But yeah. we persevered. Aww, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. We persevered, dude. Trust me, we persevered. But it was uh, what yeah. you do. Uh, you kind of have an extended anniversary where over the weekend you buy some steaks and put one steak on your boob, and once it's like once it's healed, then you cook the steak and you eat it. Like a cartoon. Oh, I get it now. Like when you get a black guy in a movie and they put steak on your face. Yeah. I get the joke you're making now. At first, I thought you were just talking about meaty titties for no apparent reason. Uh, uh, this week I farted so hard I, I scared myself. Good. I'm glad to hear it, Bill. That's tell what me I did this it. week. Um, <laughs> man, I made some chili this week. Oh my okay, no, god. Okay, no, don't actually tell me a fart story. I really don't <laughs> need to know this. I really don't. I smoked myself out. It was oh. crazy. So how was Kingdom of Heaven? Kingdom of Heaven is still really good and really not good and really good. Uh, it has not changed in its Blu-ray box. The last couple of times I've watched it, it's been interesting because I've been paying more attention to Sibylla's character, which is uh, Eva Green's character. She's yeah, interesting. For people, should, should we explain this for anyone who doesn't know? Kingdom- how, many, how many how many viewers do we have right uh, now? We have three. And this is going to be a oh, podcast. Okay. I love when you talk about this video only. <laughs> Anyway, so Kingdom of Heaven is our favorite, one of our favorite movies. We've talked about it a lot. It is probably my number one favorite movie of all time because it's about knights you think and so? God and oh, okay. yeah. And any, anyway, and I love the aesthetics of it and the color palette and the cinematography and everything is great. And the fight scenes are great and its use of violence is great and it has a lot of bad um, uh, habits of of what's his butt. Um, but not as many as the bad habits. Like, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, yeah, but it's not as, like, Robin Hood levels of his bad habits, which was, like, the worst yeah. levels of his bad habits. 
But anyway, Kingdom Heaven's one of my favorite movies, and there uh, it was released in theaters not too long after Alexander came out and tanked. So the theater was, uh, Warner Brothers was like, no one's going to sit through a three-hour epic. We just learned that. We're going to cut 30 minutes out of it. And they cut out 30 minutes of plot and um, uh, like character development, without which the movie didn't make sense. So well, we should explain that Kingdom of Heaven is about this French blacksmith who gets sent off to the Crusades. And just his adventures during the Crusades in in in, uh, in Jerusalem, and uh, which it, it sounds boring as hell, but it's actually it especially when you find out that the main character is played by Orlando Bloom. Yeah, and he is not the best actor, but he does a good job with that role. He does a good job. He's supposed to be playing kind of a lame noble guy, and that's what that's that's who that guy is. Eva Green plays um, his love interest, and it's interesting. It's, yeah. She's totally shafted in the in the theatrical release because they cut out her entire arc as a character, and so her character doesn't make sense. She yeah, her character has this whole thing with her. She has a child who's uh in who's who's destined to become king of Jerusalem someday, and she loses that child and. All that stuff got cut out. So at one point she shows up and she's all like hot and erotic. She's like, love is the light between two people in the Middle East. And then it cuts to her next scene and she's crazy and cut off all her hair. And she's like, she's twerking on top of the uh, the, the Jerusalem wall. And you're like, what the hell happened? Well, it's interesting. This this time around watching her um, arc, it was, it was the first time I really thought of her as really kind of... Kind of like a low-level Cersei or Lannister, because she really is. No, I can see that. Yeah, she really does want power, and um, she's convinced of her uh, like that she's going to rule and she's going to be good and she's going to be all these things. But she wants power. She wants authority, and um, she. Well, she's not evil though. She's not like Cersei, where Cersei's no, like well, really just. Cersei thinks she's great and compromises herself a lot to, to mm-hmm. be what she thinks is great. But so does Sabella. Like, absolutely. She does not make good choices for herself or for her interests or anything like that. And her character is actually kind of interesting because she's treated... It's mostly Eva Green's performance, but it's not often that you get a person who is power, a power-hungry woman who is sympathetic. I don't know. I think it's... On the other hand, she's also kind of... Um, like she's such a powerless character, it's such a like it's so not can't happen well, because, because of she her scenario. Exactly um, that it's you could say that it's yeah. I don't well, know. when you say she's power hungry, I don't think she's necessarily just like lustful for power for power's sake, but she understands what it's what's at stake uh, with her family being in line become to to become the ruling. Oh yeah, of Jerusalem. It's... She understands what Jerusalem needs a ruling family that's not going to fuck things up because yeah. like, this is the crux of all this religious crazy shit. But she wants Jerusalem. it to be because it's eleventh century. It's during the Crusades. Things are going bad all over the place. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's not it's just not that like, she knows it. She doesn't want her. just foot rubs. Yeah. She wants it to be her. Like she wants to rule. She wants to. But have But then power. you got Jorah Mormont shows up. Yeah, fully Remus Lupin shows up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but she from really Deep good. Space Nine shows up. It's really good movie. You guys will like it so much. You guys will like it so much. So pretty. It's just, everything else aside, it's a goddamn gorgeous movie. Yeah. Oh, you got Watts' face. Evil guy shows up as Balian's brother. He gets killed like ten seconds of the movie. Michael Sheen. Um. And yeah, it's uh, Jamie Lannister actually shows up briefly as um uh Liam Neeson's nephew. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I need to go back and see that. Yeah, yeah. It's, th- this is the, one of the movies that really started off the whole thing with Liam Neeson dying. Liam Neeson uh, is everybody's like, dead dad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a good movie. It's three and a half hours long. If you ever buy it or rent it or watch it, get the like three and a half hour version. It's on Blu-ray. It's beautiful. Blu-ray you can probably buy for five cents on eBay right now. 
Yeah, it's a good. It's it's a good times. So this it's kind of a good fall autumn watching movie. Yeah, that's the thing. As soon as it started getting cold, Foley was like, "We gotta watch Kingdom of Heaven," and that's why she's my wife. That's yeah. why she's my wife. So, what else for your anniversary? What else happened? Um. Uh, dinner. Oh, so we went to the steakhouse. <laughs> good story. Oh fuck you! I told you what I did for my anniversary. We went to the steakhouse. <laughs> we went to the steakhouse. We went to the steakhouse. It was really cute. I did this uh, the online reservation, and in the special notes section, I said, "It's our one year anniversary. I don't have any requests. I'm just really excited about it." And they printed special menus that said "Happy One Year Anniversary" on it, and they got gave oh, us yeah. free food. And when they brought, brought, they gave us free dessert, and they put like she put candles on it and everything, and they were all so wibbly and weepy about us. It was really cute. What place was this? Uh, we went to Ringside Steakhouse, which has been a steakhouse Ooh. here in Portland since 1944. You don't have to bring like a, like a, like 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 a marriage certificate. You could just like full bluff your way through this if you wanted to. Fuck you, Bill. Yeah. No, you just said you could. That's that's the that's a fun tip to tell other people. I'm gonna throw it out here, Bill. It's a little pro tip. Don't joke about faking marriage to people who can't get legally married. Oh, <laughs> uh, sure, it's it. I'm just talking about fake marriages. Uh-huh. Yeah. Steakhouse. So, fake no, steakhouse. They marriages. had a big list of all these whiskeys and everything that they had. Yeah. And um I had like a sixteen year old uh, uh cask aged Glenlivet that was so good. Oh man. <gasps> Oh, speaking of which, did you watch Parks and Recreation this week? No, is it back? Uh, yeah, no, it came back on Thursday. Uh, well, I can't, well, I can't talk about it now. It was spoiling it, but that reminded me of, you, you should watch this week's, I'm sure it's on Hulu or whatever. Like, I, do I, you have Hulu? I'm sure all of our Boy Hattie listeners are grateful that I haven't seen all these things, because then you don't spoil them unrepentantly. <laughs> yes, John, just said, but I'm trying my best not to spoil Do you have Hulu? Sweeter. Can you watch Parks and Recreation? I, I do not have Hulu. Legally. We had it for a while, and then I was like, why am I paying $8 a month Well, now you're Hulu. never going to see. You should watch it, though. It's very cute. The last five minutes of it is very goddamn darling. Oh, I'm There's glad. also new Boss Burgers tonight. Oh, There's yeah? Breaking Bad. It's a good night. For, it's a good week for TV. Oh man, I keep forgetting that television is back on now. Like we've got uh, Cora on. Yeah, no, that's we got yeah, all that shit be Re- going. New girl is back. <laughs> Shark Tank is back. <laughs> I don't have cable, so I don't know what half of these shows are. Oh, yeah. uh, did you watch? Did you watch Agents of Shield this week? Like I did. No, it's not very good. <laughs> Why? You know what's about though? What? It's about Shield. Uh huh. I don't know what Shield is or something. It's a bunch of people. It's attractive people doing stuff. I don't Super know. hot, elderly, intelligent lady dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Helen Mirren trying to take back control of an organization from uh, Outback Steakhouse. No, wait, what's it's your name? erotic red fan fiction? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, Agent Coulson. Yeah, Agent Coulson. He comes back to life and he says, "I'm, I'm going to be the new." Um, I guess I'm the leader of this team. It's kind of like Buffy and Dollhouse. It's Joss Whedon. I'm gonna do stuff. There's gonna be terrible special effects. There, we can't really show too many superheroes because we're on a tight budget. It's TV, but what are you gonna do? Did they show and, any so, superheroes I, at all? No. Uh, was a uh, what's his name? Gun from Angel shows up as a superhero who turns bad. Mm-hmm. That Shield is trying to stop. That's the whole uh, reason for the whole pilot. Mm. And but it's it's not it's not terrible. It's just kind of like. I don't know. Just, just to knock my socks off, either. Yeah. It just it seems a little too beholden to the comic booky stuff. It's a little too, too, too it's too little, too little. It's, it's a little too self, uh, self, 
it, it's too, a little too worked up about how the fact that it's based off of superhero stuff. They, they yeah. keep on trying to make wisecracks about, oh, this is my superhero origin story and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, calm it down a little bit. And weirdly, you know what? The, the gist of the show is more often, it's more of like a CIS show or whatever, like right. a crime procedural thing. Yeah. Because I thought this was going to be more of an action show about this like like super team of badasses going after guys. And it is, but the, mostly it's like a lot of lab stuff. It's really a CSI with superheroes. Yeah. It's the weirdest goddamn thing. It's not terrible, but I don't know. How much superhero shit do you need in your life? Uh, dude, according to pop culture, a lot. I mean, think of oh, how much of it. Oh, at one point, yeah, one of the characters is singing a Disney song for, like, I think they were singing, so, like, something from, like, like, Mary Poppins. And just between that and all the, all the commercials between uh, parts of the episode where it's like, come to Disneyland. And it's just, like, so much, like, Marvel Disney shit getting shoved up your ass for an hour. It's just, like... Ugh. What? You mean a corporation took advantage of their sweet-ass property and shoved as much of it as they could in there? I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have characters just randomly singing the Star Wars theme or, like, like trying like fighting someone in a fr- uh, Muppet suit. You just defeated um, the villain! What are you gonna do now? I'm gonna go to Disneyland! Uh, you know what? I'm sure before the series is over that someone's gonna make that joke. Um... But yeah, not the end of the world. Did you see that uh, Josh Whedon this week tweeted a picture of, he's like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, hey, Craig Thompson just stayed at my house. He gave me a picture. And uh, Craig Thompson does this big firefly drawing for, for Josh Whedon. I'm going to have this. Next time Craig's at the house, I'm going to have like, how did you end up pooping in Josh Whedon's toilet? <laughs> I was flipping out about that, because I, I know Craig Thompson, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I don't really like Joss Whedon's new property. I'm jealous of this man being able to poop in Joss Whedon's but still, I'm just saying. I mean, Joss Whedon's not totally terrible. I'm just saying this is kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> Bill, you're just proving Craig's, my point I'm just about Craig's the whole got a Bill life. everything the dude, The dude wants to spend a vacation on camels out in the middle of Sahara, like, like Lawrence Arabia. Next thing you know, he's eating uh, Joss Whedon's eggs and pooping in his toilet. I'm officially jealous, though. Bill, what else you do this week? Uh, cried. <laughs> and with that, everybody, we're gonna take a little break and come back for the Geek Weekend review. I can't have it this week in Breaking Bad Corner. Oh, are you going to talk about Breaking Bad? I'm sorry, Bill. There's not much. It, the, the last episode airs tonight, but there's not much to, uh, to say. Then it, it, it ends tonight. Is it going to break bad, Bill? Well, I also can't take, talk about it a whole hell of a lot, too, because, uh, yeah, uh, there's at least, was it Mirror by Night, I think, said she is now watching it as a result of me flipping out about it last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, no. It was because I put, there's, in Breaking Bad, there's a, a a song that like in an episode that is a ballad about Heisenberg mm-hmm. about the characters and stuff, and I actually made that the outro music of our episode last week, and that I think was Mirabai. Uh, she was like, "Oh yeah, that, that 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 impressed me enough. I decided to go check out the show, and she's really digging it." So, so basically, it took you almost hundred episodes to learn to respect people's boundaries about spoilers. What episode am I spoiled? Are you kidding me? You're literally like people have left reviews on iTunes about how you've spoiled shit, Bill. <laughs> I have no idea. Wait, did you watch Cora this week? No. Oh, okay. Have you seen any Cora? Are you ready to lay on, on me some Cora spoilers? Spoiler card. I was gonna try and do a portmanteau and it didn't work. No, I uh, I watched the 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 first two episodes and I haven't watched anything since. Is Asami become uh... any more interesting? 
This latest episode is a little bit better, but it's still kind of... Again, with more of the bad animation and the weird faces. There was one thing where, like... Was it Tenzin was talking to someone and his eyeballs just again just shot off? Like, do you ever see Mission Impossible Three? Yes. You ever? I don't, you probably don't remember this, but this left us. This, this scarred me permanently. Where it's Carrie Russell is like this this secret agent lady that Tom Cruise has to go rescue at the beginning of the movie, and he rescues her, but they still set off a bomb in her brain and it scrambles her eyes, so like they go shoot off in four different directions. Mm-hmm. It, her corpse looks all fucked up. That's what the Cora characters look like, and it's freaking me out. Mm. Um, yeah. Supposedly the old animation studio, their episodes are coming up soon. Yeah, so we'll yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just still rough. Still rough. And it's still about all this political stuff about this evil, manipulative North Water tribesman politician guy. And I'm just like, man, this is not interesting. Stop it. No, you already just did this arc last season. Ugh, like three episodes ago, literally. Anyway. How you doing? Want to do some Geek Week in Review? Yeah, let's do some Geek Week in Review. <laughs> okay. What, what, what else? What else? Uh, let's see. All right, everybody, let's... let's talk about some Geek Week news, if we may. Uh, Nerf's new... Oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love the fact that you never read this stuff until you're actually no. reading it live on air. Oh, Nerf's new Rebel toy series is now available. It's Nerf's old series of dart guns, spray-painted pink and white, and shown off at toys fairs by women kinda sorta dressed up like Katniss Everdeen. Yeah, they, it's weird because they obviously can't dress them just like Katniss Everdeen, but if you go on YouTube and look at some of, like, their, their, their booze at Toy Fair, some of the women they have, like, showing off the guns, they're kind of, like, short brown jackets and kind of jeans and kind of, like, they're obviously supposed to be kind of, like, evoking, especially when you got women with, like, the boat, like, like plastic pink bows and arrows. With oh, the, yeah. was, it the, was it the Heartbreaker bow? I'm not looking at the show notes right now, but isn't that one of the toys? Yes. Oh, my Christ. Yeah! Mm. I know what I'm getting Taryn for her birthday this year. Uh, yeah, it's the Heartbreaker bow, the Diva dart bag. There was something also like the Heart Crusher, like 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 dart gun and all kinds of stuff. It's I mean, just... so I guess. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> I really, it's at least they're acknowledging that maybe girls would want to have a gun. Like a toy gun? <laughs> no, that's you know? I guess... You know, it really does seem like somebody at Hasbro just went like... Okay, Hunger Games is popular. Hunger Games uses a bow. We have Nerf bows. How do we sell these Nerf bows to girls? I know. Let's put hearts on them. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Annie, I, as a Robin Hood... <laughs> as a woman and a Robin Hood enthusiast, how happy does this make you? <laughs> I, I genuinely feel torn. I really do. <laughs> I know I really do because I feel like, yes, is it tone deaf? Yes, is it tasteless? Yes, is it totally gross gendered bullshit? But on the other hand, at least they're acknowledging that maybe girls want to have a nerf and they feel. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. They believe in it strongly enough that they're going to put money behind it and money into it. Mm-hmm. So it's nauseating and, <laughs> uh, and kind of cool. So it's cool z You know, there's going to be at least a couple of girls who get those bows for Christmas and yeah. they're going to be hyped up about it. I yeah. mean, there's going to be a couple of girls who are like 20 years from now, they're going to be talking to people like, I had the heartbreaker bow and I fucked up everyone in the neighborhood. Or I'm going to say this. What if you're an aggro little gay boy and you're really excited about your nerf crossbow <laughs> covered with hearts, you know? 
Uh, Annie, I heard they're trying to make a girl's Grand Theft Auto game. It's just Grand Theft Auto engine with My Little Pony. Just Not even in-engine, but just, like, framed around the screen, there's gonna be just still images of, just like, Just all the cards have sparkle. cutie marks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Oh, Joseph Staten left Bungie. He was the studio's head writer and also wrote some of the Halo novels. More importantly, he voiced the grunts. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. With him being the head writer slash lore guy at Bungie for all their projects, uh, it sounds like he wrote, uh, he wrapped up all of his contributions to their new game, Destiny, mm -hmm. uh, that's coming out next year, which is weird because Destiny is supposed to be, they've, uh, Bungie's already come out and said this is supposed to be a super world-building, super lore-heavy first installment of what we hope to be uh, a whole franchise of a shitload of games with whole different, like, it sounds like this is a very lore-intensive world that they're building. It's interesting that the head writer just left as soon as he's done with the first game. He's like, you know what, this is it. This is great, but I'm out. Hmm. Um, well, it's kind of interesting because I think as, as fun as... Uh, here would be my counterpoint. It'd be cool... It'd be, as fun as it is to do world building and everything like that, maybe that's what he likes. Maybe he doesn't want to... He likes just building things. He doesn't want to spend the next eight years of his life playing in that world. He likes building them and then moving on. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I said, he wrote some Halo novelizations and stuff and... He seemed like a pretty cool guy, and he was a lot of times whenever the Microsoft was doing a big Halo event or something like that, he was a lot of times like the guy they would send out, and he was always just really congenial and, and seemed pretty like a pretty cool guy. And yeah, the voice of the grunts, which is one of the most uh, characteristic parts of the Halo games, that was him. His voice kind of sped up a little bit because he had a voice not unlike mine, where it's very much like blah, 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 blah. and you can take that and very easily turn that into alien voices for small alien. Oh monsters. man, did you see the Kickstarter for what's it called? Endless Nightmare. Have you looked at that? No, what's this? So Endless no. Nightmare is by a guy. I can't remember what indie game he did before that was well received. He's doing another one, and it's based on actual nightmares that he has. And oh, um, really? it, the visual style is very Edward Gorey, -y, and uh, the Kickstarter video is great. It's it's ending like today, so I looked at the Kickstarter video because everybody on Twitter was talking about it because they all he almost missed his goal. They made it like within the last six hours. Oh yeah, well. And but the thing is, is that it, the, there's this video of gameplay and stuff, and it's very atmospheric and everything. And then it abruptly just cuts to the guy sitting in his office talking, and he kind of has a voice like this. So you're just seeing, oh, that's like his natural voice. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Like, oh, sweetheart, baby. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna stop being an asshole about poor people who can't control things. Are you gonna contribute this... to that game? No, no, I can never oh. play that game. No. <laughs> I forget because it is nightmare stuff. Maybe yeah, I should contribute it just as an apology for laughing a little bit. Making I'm gonna say fun of him on a public that's video. So mean! I'm a terrible human being. Speaking of Shield, Fox announced a Batman TV show without Batman in it, created by one of the creators of HBO's Rome. Gotham will be about sexy young Jim Gordon. Wait, is this based off of Gotham Central? Uh, people were comparing it to that, but I don't think Fox has said anything about mm. that. But it's isn't Gotham this? It's isn't, isn't that the whole point of that comic strip? That wasn't yeah. it something from like the '90s that was just side stories about Gotham City, right? I've only uh, read the first volume of Gotham Central, but it's pretty solid. It's a it's it's a police procedural set in Gotham, so yeah. which is intrinsically interesting to me because it's people having to deal with all the crap around Batman. And is Ga it about Jim Gordon specifically? Um, he, it's more. I mean, it's about the cops there. It's Jim Gordon. Oh, like is not beat the cops focus. and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's not exactly. Just, okay, yeah. It's about the people who are working the beat in in Gotham City, which I think is an interesting premise for. A comic. No, it's definitely with with the criminal scene being what it is. Yeah. In that. Yeah. That, that, On the that, other that hand, actually sounds more interesting than the Shield stuff to me because instead of being yeah. this world glo globe trotting super force 
you're just kind of like, yeah, beat cops. It's like, I could almost see you seeing it being like Hill Street Blues, but with crazy people as the as as the. I think as the uh, perps. I think the risk you run is that with um, that, it's it, where I found it kind of jarring, and I actually one of the reasons why I didn't keep reading it. My wife really liked it. We picked up the next volume, and I enjoyed it, but I kind of stopped reading it. Was just because um, to me it was too jarring to have a villain pop up, and it's like Mister Freeze or yeah, like exactly, yeah. the Joker, and but meanwhile you've got like this <sighs> this gritty like police stuff. I wonder. I wonder if this could be kind of, well, especially if they're talking about a young Jim Gordon, this would suggest that this is years before Batman actually becomes a thing in the city. And uh, I wonder if this would actually be, if he's, if, if, if Jim Gordon would be running into uh, any famous characters from the DC universe, if it would be not necessarily telling the origin stories of these characters, but you would see like Jack Napier or whoever the Joker used to be, the Red Hood, before he became the Joker, before they became so outlandish, like Mr. Freeze, maybe you get to meet him and his wife before his wife dies and he tries to bring her back and stuff like that. Where it's yeah. like, you can still, still it's tell interesting stories about these people, but you can already see how they're on the path to, right. you know, like, there could be a 14-year-old uh, prostitute named Selena Kyle that they show up for one episode. See, but that's like that. the thing. Like, so Powers uh, powers got away with the superhero stuff because it was just like some superhero. And you can see that, well, this is clearly riffing on Superman, but it wasn't Superman. With When you have an established world with established powers, popular characters it feels a little too forest gumpy you know yeah. yeah well especially if every other episode is going to be like ho 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 the grand reveal is this character is going to be the riddler someday but not now see but, but like, I, it's yeah. it's exhausting if it's once or if it's 20 times it's just yeah. it just feels like a cheapy gimmick what they should just do is take uh law and order svu and just suddenly like when it comes back next season suddenly it is in gotham <laughs> they don't no one says anything about it but like wink uh, <laughs> Munch and Ice Tea, you have to go fight. There's some guy named the Penguin who's having sex with the penguins at the zoo. You need to get him to knock that shit off. On what would have been Jim Henson's 77th birthday, 21 Muppets, including some Fraggles, were donated for a permanent exhibition at the Smithsonian. They'll join the Salmon Friends puppets that were in the museum and already on display. That's awesome. Yeah. Aw, that's great. Uh, it's, uh, I'm not quite sure. Like These seem to be kind of like relatively newer. I don't know. It's it's Muppets on the permanent display at the Smithsonian. That's that's that's, that's pretty great. Thing. It's unfortunate Jim Henson's dead, and that's the only reason this is happening. But they're putting Fraggles in there. I would go. They got Uncle Traveling Matt on display. I would go see that just for that. Yeah. Oh, but they also actually have some of the older puppets. Like I didn't realize Grover when they when Grover was first invented, he was kind of like green and yeah. fucked up. Like had like like mottled fur. They've got that puppet there. This is a permanent this uh, permanent display too. This isn't just like some kind of like thing they're just going to be hosting for the next six months. This is. It's they said these puppets are going to be right next to like Dorothy slippers from The Wizard of Oz and Archie Bunker's. Uh, a uh, chair and all that. Oh, shit. that's so awesome. That that is very cool. And like I said, they also do uh, have uh, some of the earlier puppets that Jim Henson also built up even before he came up with the term Muppets. Yeah, his Sam and friends like they they have the proto. Uh, I think that the character was named Sam. And if you look at it, it's kind of a proto Kermit. It's kind mm-hmm. of Kermit the Frog, but except for that like the triangular neck ruff and stuff. And yeah, it's very cool. I'm glad to see the Smithsonian's really doubling down on. We got to get as much Jim Henson stuff as possible. Yeah, it's because a good I would thing. imagine if you don't take care of those puppets correctly, if you just stick them in a box for God knows how many years, they're probably yeah. just gonna rot. Oh yeah. But at least these guys would be able to take care of that stuff, and that freaks me out because that means this means that uh, uh, Fallout Three is no longer canon because <laughs> when you go to the Smithsonian, there are no Muppets. Can I just display. point out that there is someone whose job it is that they are a Muppet archivist at the Smithsonian? That is someone's I job. Saw that they're a Muppet preservationist. Great. That's what that means. 
That'd be a great job. Why well, is that lady? She's in charge of like the Jim Henson like puppet foundation. She's kind of like this big fat older lady, and she just seemed very cool. And like she got like robes and scarves, and she almost looks like a Jim Henson character come to life. And she's like in charge of like the puppets, and I don't know. That's very cool. Like, yeah, cool. Jim Henson would have been seventy seven, which I can't believe he would have been mm-hmm. that old. Versus, that's actually kind of young. I, I was think, gonna say he's been dead for like twenty years. I would, I would that, thought he was that guy older. died young. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyway. Happy birthday, Jim Henson. Rockefeller warehouse explosion. In Florida, the guy who invented both whack-a-mole machines and the Rockefeller explosion showbiz pizza robot band was messing around with some propellants and accidentally blew out an entire wall of his lab. No one was hurt. <laughs> what? That's very much what he said. He said it like he tends to use propane and I don't know what the fuck. Maybe he was welding or something like that. Wow. And so he decided to mess with a new accelerant and he fucked up and it blew up his lab. <laughs> Wow. Now that is like something from a goddamn Muppet show. I was right gonna say, there. and that's my superhero origin story. <laughs> I don't know if they've said, like, I don't know if he like had stored any of the rock have you seen like what the Rockefeller robots were? Yeah. Like have you seen like I think there's even a documentary about yeah. the Rockefeller explosion on Netflix that, that probably interviews this guy and talks to people who are still huge fans of that robot band from like, Oh yeah, dude, that that well is deep, son. Man, yeah. I can't believe that shit. But, like, I didn't know he invented whack-a-mole and then he almost blew himself up. <laughs> yeah. That's just... When he, he, when anything that leads to a head a headline of uh, Rock-A-Fire ex- Warehouse Explosion. Come on, that's fantastic. It's, it's Our world is a precious world, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, Ro- Bob's wow. Burgers is renewed for a fifth season. That's awesome. Woo! No big news there other than they're just coming back. I think their fourth season starts tonight, so it's nice to see that they're going to be back. Bob's Burgers were so good. Oh, I didn't talk about Rose City Comic Con. I went to Rose City Comic Con last week, and my favorite cosplayers I saw were Bob's Burgers cosplayers. Oh, really? What, like the whole family? There was a, I saw a Tina and a, um, uh, what's the other sister's name? Uh, Louise. Louise. Yeah, I saw Tina and Louise. It was pretty fantastic. How how good were they? They were pretty fantastic, my friend. I mean, they were like human (laughs) Bob's Burgers. It was so good. Half the people in Portland are already dressed like Tina and Louise. This is true. Kind of like a frumpy girl with glasses and a, cr- a girl with a knitted cap. I yeah, mean, yeah, that, that, exactly. that that's not going to take a whole hell of a lot of hard work. Um, so yeah, you had a good time at the con though. It's it's a it's a weird con because it is half pop culture stuff and half artist alley, like pretty much 50-50. Yeah, people bizarre. have told me that I would make a killing with all my video game pop culture shit there. Like, yeah, Bill, I yeah, saw I like that... eight or nine links in like the three hours I was on the floor, my friend. Yeah, I think I might skip Stumptown next year and just do Road City. You are that throwing like away money, at Bill. I saw so many people who were riding your jock in there. It's not even funny. Throwing away oh, money. Actually, next weekend is the Retro Gaming Expo at the Convention Center, too, which is the big uh, Pacific Northwest kind of... You know, they have, like... Ground Control, I think, brings out their arcade games. Yeah. Until, like, if, if you want to buy, like... Uh, at- like bootleg Atari games. This is the place where you another go. place where you could make money that you're not going to. That's right. I know. I keep on meaning to get a booth there, but I'm going to be so. Yeah, actually, it's funny. If mm-hmm. I don't go next weekend, it's going to because I'm going to be home getting uh, putting big video game maps into tubes for shipment on yeah. m- next Monday. But yeah, uh, but good yeah, on you, anyway. Bill. So what else? Did you see any crazy celebrities or anything at the Rose City? No. I got to meet the folks who do the Six Gun. That was lovely, and I got oh, okay, to meet cool. uh, Claire Hummel. 
and commissioned her to draw me Bonnie McFarlane. So that was my favorite oh, part of the con. Oh, very nice. It was pretty good. She just did a sketch right there at the table? Uh, yeah, I commissioned her, and she... When people do yeah. stuff, do they, do they actually bring up their iPhones to get reference? Because how are you going to draw Bonnie, like, from memory? Well, she did say, she was like, oh, my phone died, and I couldn't look up any reference. But then I remembered I did a costume of her, and I'm pretty, probably okay. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's very okay. cool. Yeah, I regret not being able to make it out to Rose City last weekend, too. It's a weird con, but like I said, Was Bill, it worth you... the 15 bucks? I didn't, I got it free, so, yes, it was worth every penny. Uh, Dylan gave me an, a Periscope badge, because they uh, had a ton of extras. Of the oh, best okay. part was walking into the convention center, I see a dude in a, a pumpkin costume, and I'm like, what the hell is he cosplaying as? And he turns around, it turns out he's just there with the sign directing people to the vegetarian festival that's going on in the next hall. It was amazing. Yeah, so there's a vegan festival where I guess they were selling bags of, like, you you could just go home with a big bag of fresh uh, vegetables. Yep. Veg fest. Yeah. So yeah, it was a hell of a good day for some vegetarian cosplayers, I'm sure. Anyway, cool. moving on. The Little Miss Sunshine guys will make a movie about Mr. Rogers called I'm Proud of You. Bill notes, I'm hoping they cast Daniel Day-Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio as Mr. Rogers and Mr. McFeely in an elaborate $200 million production. That would be awesome. That would be pretty good. That will be good. How is there not a Mr. Rogers movie already? That is kind of weird, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kotaku's article about the death of LucasArts was really, really interesting, um, including how the studio was 80% done with an HD Day of the Tentacle remake when the studio got shut down. It seems the studio was hampered by both Lucas fucking around with projects at the studio without understanding how his feedback was adversely affecting those projects, and upper management that refused to make decisive or forward-thinking creative-slash-budgetary decisions. It was a really, really interesting, well-researched article. It was really good. It seemed like it took Jason Schreier a, a couple months to assemble. Well, he mm-hmm. interviewed a whole bunch of people from LucasArts. This wasn't him just, like, sniffing at the hedges, kind of, like, uh, kind of making shit up or anything like that. He was actually talking to a lot of people. And actually, once the article went live, a lot of people did come out that he hadn't even talked to. He came out and said, yeah, this is this is exactly what happened. Like, this is, I wish somebody could have talked about this sooner in time to help the company out or encourage some kind of change at the company before it died, but... Yeah, no, it's, 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 I, I was kind of surprised to see how much input George Lucas had on the projects. I always assumed LucasArts was something that, like, somebody came to him in, like, 1986 and was like, hey, you know what, we should make video games. And he's, like, just scrawled, like, signed off on a piece of paper and hadn't thought about that until, like, it was time to sell it over to Disney. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot we make video games. Well, I mean, when you think huh. about Lucas and his, like, He's a forward-thinking dude, and he always has been. Not always in great ways, but he always has been forward-thinking. And he clearly does care about video games. But at the end of the day, one of the things that a commenter who was an ex-LucasArts employee pointed out, he's like, at the end of the day, it was LucasArts, you know? And you gotta do what the boss man says. And but it, it's weird, though, because it doesn't seem like LucasArts ever... Uh, once it, uh, once the 3D era kicked in, uh, once, once they had to start uh, going head to head with other companies like EA and Activision in terms of like quality of their games, it doesn't seem Lucas ever gave them the budgets. Yeah. To kind of go toe to toe with those guys. Yeah. Well, Ron Gilbert had commented, which was interesting. He was like, "Our thing was we could do pretty much whatever we wanted as long as it was cheap and under budget, and made money." Yeah, the and... company was really adverse to make taking risks. So that's the thing about yeah. being forward thinking. You could be forward thinking all you want in the world. But eventually, if you really want to make break some ground and do something original, you're going to have to risk some money. Yeah. And it seemed like both Lucas and the upper management, who were, who were especially risk-adverse, uh, they were never really willing to do that. And that's why you wound up with so many 
so many of the LucasArts games of the last decade, decade and a half, are just clones of other games, just with Star Wars kind of, like, cheaply pasted on top of yeah. it. I mean, uh, the, well, the, it makes... the Force Unleashed games were just uh, God of War uh, with, the, with the cheap uh, Star Wars plastering on top of it and, and stuff like that. You it know? totally makes sense that, like, in 1990, it meant $200,000 to make yeah. a weird little game. $200,000 and maybe, like, 15 well, employees. That was the scope of most games, was just maybe a team of a dozen people and a couple hundred thousand dollars, and that's that. That's all it took to make a, any kind of game. Right. But I, yeah. my point is, is then, it, then it's easy to be less risk-averse. It's very different when you're talking yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars, you know? And when you're only well, rest... able to release one or two properties a year, and that's yeah. it. Which is weird, because it's, it's a shame, because you think they would have at least been able to keep on making at least... I, I wish they could have still kept on some kind of adventure game, or something, some kind of small 2D studio, uh, rather than I just wish they'd kept in. releasing the classics from the vault, dude. That's what broke like my that. heart. Exactly, yeah. Oh, and they seem wanna... to be kind of on that track with the Monkey Island remakes and the, the Outside of Day of the Tentacle remake that was almost going to come out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for some reason all that stuff got stymied. And I just want to be sense. able to legally play Full Throttle. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I can't believe they just didn't, just didn't even republish that stuff or even put that stuff on Steam or something. Yeah. I keep like, waiting uh, for someone to, someone, some ill-advised goofball to do the Kickstarter to try and buy those rights from Disney. That seems to be the thing that day. Everyone's got a Kickstarter where they're like, successful then we'll approach the copyright holder about seeing if we can actually yep. do this after we're done with the kickstarter yeah oh my god you guys are out of your fucking minds but yeah it's 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 it was weird to see because they said george lucas would would sh- just show up and be like you know what let's make this game about boba fett after they'd already done the, all this work about the game not being yeah. about boba fett, not and he wouldn't understand how much work it would take to go back and redo all these assets and oh yeah. man I mean, LucasArts, LucasArts was always going to be doomed, because even if LucasArts was making a bazillion dollars, as soon as the uh, Lucasfilm got sold to Disney, Disney was probably just going to shut that down or sell LucasArts to somebody. Like, that, like Luke, Disney was going to want to do its own thing with video games. Well, and they, so, they said, I mean, Disney has pulled out of the video game market pretty much altogether. Yeah. You know, Disney Interactive ain't no thing, other than for yeah, mobile true, and shit. Point, so, yeah. you know, why they, they know they Plus, can't win that game. Well, except for like Disney Infinity, so they're still doing some stuff. But I guess but Disney Infinity internally. is like, you know, you know what I mean. It's not just a console game. Like they, they you can sell. No. It's a whole multimedia experience, and that's very different. It's not just a console thing, you know. No. And also, it's leveraging all their existing properties in a unique way, and blah blah blah. And yeah. Anyway, LucasArts. the BBC is now selling officially licensed 10th Doctor coats for women for $330. Yeah, I think Geek now is selling for, yeah, it's 330 bucks. Yeah, Taylor, they actually look pretty badass. If you want to be a lady and be doc, and if you want to look like David Tennant, or cross-gendered David Tennant, that is the jacket for you. Um, oh gosh, it's the coat, it's the overcoat. Yeah, it's, 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 that's, that's the David Tennant's overcoat, yeah. Well, what, what do you think it was? Uh, I thought it was, like, the blazer or something. Oh, they have the 11th Doctor's jacket, too. Oh, really? For ladies? Well, they're, these aren't just for ladies. It's for... Uh, oh, they just... But it's a replica of the 11th Doctor's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you can get... Oh, fucking God. <laughs> what? Nerds. Nerds. I'm not gonna be Nerds. mean. Nerds! Anyway, uh, Who Whacked Roger Rabbit? It's an ebook written by Roger Rabbit creator Gary K. Wolf being released next month. It's the third Roger Rabbit book, and the cover is weirdly terrible. I've told you about reading um, uh, Who Censored Roger Rabbit, right? 
Yeah, it was so good it made you a Roger Rabbit book fan for the rest of your life, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a weird book. So bless Isn't him. That... I know that this he's had this book written for years, and it's been caught in various rights limbos. I'm glad he actually got out of it. Yeah. Because he, he, I remember going online to find out about this guy. When I finished bar- reading that book, I had borrowed from the library, like, in my freshman year of high school. So. Well, he's like... His thing is about comic strip characters, right? It's not about animated... Yeah, it's kind of weird. They all have word balloons. Like, when they speak, word balloons yeah. are floating next to their heads. And, like, there's a part where um, what's-his-butt folds it up and puck, tucks it in his pocket as evidence, you know? Yeah, exactly, weird. the evidence. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different thing. It sounds like this This is still... It's 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 continuing in that universe, even though it sounds like some of the characters in this new uh, book are animated. But it's weird. I thought that guy was dead. I had no idea who's still writing, much less uh, working on a third Roger Rabbit book. But... <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of weird. Ubisoft may be on the verge of pulling support for the Wii U. Mm. Yeah, there's a lady named Emily Rogers who tweets. I don't know if she works within Nintendo or if she works for some kind of third-party developer who just... She tends to get a lot of news about Nintendo, about things that are coming uh, a couple weeks before they're actually announced. So if usually when she starts thumping about something on, on Twitter, she's usually dead on. And this week she started talking about how if you do not want Ubisoft to pull its uh, Wii U support, you'd better go out and start buying as many uh, Ubisoft games for the Wii U as possible. Hmm. Uh, I guess uh, I guess Ubisoft just came out. Well, they just came out with Raymond Legends for the Wii U and everything else. I think they also just came out with a new Splinter Cell game, which I had never even heard about until this. Well, Ubisoft which... was like the only dev that actually was really like going into the Wii U and like Yeah, the exactly. Wii yeah. They're the only ones that have actually really they're, they're the only ones even started supporting the Wii U really. And uh then I was poking around more on the internet. Turns out that supposedly the Splinter Cell game only sold sold less than 5,000 copies for the Wii U. 5,000 <gasps> no. in an industry where think where games are measured in tens and hundreds of millions of copies 5,000 copies you're kidding uh, yeah so supposedly that's like, like unless... everyone involved in the game their extended family bought a copy and that's it's it that, well there's yeah yeah, it's, yeah that's 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 yeah um that that is one of the worst Damn, selling triple a game sales statistics i've ever heard in my life um, so, yeah, so if, if Ubisoft pulls out, that means really that Wii U just becomes a Nintendo machine. Even more than any other uh. Nintendo console has in the past, it's just going to be really just... There was literally not going to be anything between releases, between uh, uh, first-party Nintendo releases. So, yeah, that's... that's wow. Ooh, anyway. What else? What a, what a, how the mighty have fallen to go from, like... Yeah! Finding that's the Wii. That just came out less than a year ago. You know things are only going to get better too once the new Xbox and the new PlayStation come out. Oof. Oof. My God. So I've so you're still thinking about hanging on to the PlayStation Four pre-order? Did we talk about this last week? We talked about it a little bit, man. I don't know, just because we're gonna have to replace our gutters. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because you you've been talking about your finances. Yeah. Home ownership is uh, really crimping my video game style here, my friend. Oof. Yeah. I don't know, man. I right now, I really, I want to, but I don't know. And you want to go Hazzies and we could split another uh, PlayStation product? No, I'm not doing that with you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know, man. I, 
it, if I'm really good with money, I can get a PlayStation 4. But historically, I'm not really good with money. So, uh, just don't buy steaks for the next two months. Because this is now less than two months away, or all that shit's oh, coming wow. out. wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Dang. The Steam Machine was revealed this week uh, in three parts. One, a Linux-based Steam OS, which may let dorks like us play and stream games on our Macs. That's, that's Bill, you totally misread that. Wait, that's how not, so? What the Steam, what it was saying was that you will be able to steam, stream games from your main gaming PC to the Steam box in your television. That's what they said. No, but they're talking about how this is because you could, if you can install this to your MacBook too. Well, sure, and Mac. then you can stream games from your other whatever other. No, computers no, no. You people have. were talking about how because because. Uh, uh, even for the Steam boxes, because the Steam, well, the quote unquote, the Steam machines are going to be Linux based. Actually, most of the games on Steam won't run natively on that Steam box. Right. And so it's going to be kind of like what the Gaikai or the OnLive solution, where that shit will be rendered remotely and then streamed to your TV or maybe your computer. That is not through the OS. When I was reading the announcement, they said you can stream games from your gaming PC. No, they said you can do that too. But I'm just saying, like streaming, and this is two different versions of it. Sure. Where it's just streaming content from your from your PC to, com- to your computer. Or this, the, potentially, there's still no specific details about any of this. Stuff. Sure. Well, I mean, theoretically... A year from now, we'll know more about this, but... Theoretically, the yeah. technology to be used to stream from your PC can be streaming from anything, but that was... Yeah. What I read was particularly, but I already own a super powerful gaming PC, and I don't need another... Well, you can play games from your high-powered gaming PC in your living room, etc., etc. That's what I read. Anyway. Uh, two, there won't be a Steam box, but a Steam machine hardware standard that will be licensed to hardware manufacturers and released sometime in 2014. Yeah, I was bummed that they didn't say anything about the hardware specs or how much it might cost. I mean, how much both of those things are likely to change depending on who's manufacturing. Yeah. It's, it's, which is kind of funny because at that point, the Steam machine, there is no one Steam machine. It just becomes a hardware platform like DVD players. Everyone makes a DVD player. There's a standard they build them to, but some you know some are better than others. Some are better uh, values than others depending on who's making it and what's what, what's been put into the machine. But yeah. So I'm assuming you'll probably have an Alienware Steam machine. You'll have a, you know, what every, like, yeah, everything in the world is, 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 is there's going to be different versions of that. But, um, yeah, there's going to be a beta that you can get into if you, uh, use your computer with big, big picture mode mm-hmm. and all this stuff, which I'm I can't on the, run I'm picture, picture mode, which is why I want a Steam box in the first place. Wait, you can't run? It's just another mode of Steam. Is it? Is your computer not oh, powerful enough to do my, it? My computer just kind of shit its pants the one time oh. I tried it. Bless your heart. Um, my computer chugs way- when I try to do it too. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, so so you're you're technically probably uh your 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 name's been put into the box for that beta then. Oh yeah, girl. Yeah, I got on that. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and three. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. The Steam what? controller, which though still not final, will include two symmetrical thumb pads and a touch screen surrounded by four face buttons, rather than a traditional asymmetrical two thumbstick. Plus four cluttered, clustered face buttons controller design. It, have you seen the pictures? Yeah, it looks weird, man. It looks weird. Kind of like, I feel like what, seeing that for the first time, I feel kind of like when I first saw the Nintendo 64 controller, I'm like, say what? Well, it's interesting because it, it's, it still shares the common design language of a controller and yet is totally something different. But it's also, interesting. even like... Even the handles, it looks like a, it looks like a Microsoft, uh, it looks like a 360 controller turned backwards. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, instead of instead of thumbsticks, it's haptic feedback discs, trackpad discs that don't move, but supposedly they do have a little bit of a gig and they click as you move your thumbs around the discs. Uh, the faster you move, the faster you'll hear the click. So and rather than, you know, like you're with, with, with your thumbs with thumbsticks, you're so used to like rolling your thumbs around and that really helps you tell what you're doing. With this, it has like, it's an audio feedback thing of like how you're moving it and will click in relation to that. So all kinds of stuff. And they can program the different parts of the disc to do different things. So developers can split up a disc into different segments. Like if, you, if you're just playing a 2D uh, side-scrolling game, they can just make it so up is up and down, down, left, right. And there's no... There's no, they're, they're, like, the diagonals don't don't matter, but for other games, you can sliver, like, segment those discs into different things and, like, press this in combination with the face buttons, and, yeah, there's still a touchscreen in the middle of that surrounded mm. by the face buttons, yeah. other than the face bus, buttons being clustered off to one side, and it's all kind of crazy shit, yeah. That's it sounds nuts. interesting, though, and everyone, yeah. everyone flipped out about it, it seems like most of the developers are actually laid hands on it, were like, this is weird. But it only seems weird just because it seems so new. But yeah. there doesn't seem to be anything about this that, that seems to be inherently bad. Well, that's um, the thing. I mean, you can't. Valve has taken their time and been very deliberate about this. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see what they come up with. Um, and they, they even Valve came out and said, "This is we're still. This is this has not even gone into beta yet. This is this is really our first version of this hardware yeah. that you're seeing. This and is a so, prototype of a prototype of a prototype." Yeah, so, I mean, they still have better part of a year to get that together, so, you know, they can get a retail version designed, but, yeah, that's just, I, it's kind of cool, just, it's been so long since there's been any kind of fundamental revolution in game control stuff. Yeah. yeah and the, the weird thing is people, like, I saw some of the developers talking about how this is even a better controller than mouse and keyboard, which I would, anything that usurps mouse and keyboard is great, because fuck mouse and keyboard. Yeah. If, if this is anything that makes uh, people use mouse and keyboard, suddenly go, oh yeah, controller's even better, I'm like, yes! I love controllers. Yeah, it feels keyboard, man. Keyboard. Just not for me. Not yeah, for me, my bro. That shit out. Um, what was I playing on mouse and keyboard this week? And I was kind of confounded because I'm nice to use those controls. Oh, I'm working on an iOS game that uh, the demo of I have to use on my desktop. And I'm like, I don't, man. This is hard. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. But, yeah. What else? What else? Uh, Ian Bogost's critique of Gone Home. To wit, he says, it's a very unique game, but the story, writing, and setting are still run-of-the-mill, if not strangely sterile compared to stories told in any other medium. He was specifically reviewing it in the L.A. Review of Books. Um, he's pointing out that uh, it's not speak ill of Gone Home as much as it's pointing out how low the bar is set for storytelling and characterization in games. Yeah. Did, uh, you, did you read the review? I did. I thought his points were interesting, I think he basically, uh, too much of his complaint, I felt like there were kind of two aspects of his complaint. There was the writing, and then there were, like, the um, visuals. And one, the writing, he was basically, his point was that people are praising um, Gone Home like it's high literature, when really it's just, beyond anything else, beyond speaking of its quality, it's just that it's different, and it's a different experience, and that, that it's so sad that that's shocking, and it's 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 that that in of itself is notable beyond anything else. And then there was the aspect where he was critiquing it like visually, and um, and he even himself said, "Well, that's just a matter of money." And I get that. I don't know. Well, it was even pointed out like part of this thing. I don't think I don't think he was saying the graphics were bad, but he was talking about how it's weird that the whole uh, house is the house that Gone Home takes place in 
is only furnished with whatever needs to be there. It doesn't feel, yeah. it doesn't feel lived in. And this, pretty much everything that isn't an object that's important to the story is just cloned and repeated from one environment to the other. Yeah, he was Which, basically I mean, like, that's the way if video anything, games are. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like, ultimately, he was like, well, this isn't really wandering around through someone's house. It's, it's an artifice, and you're only interacting with things that further the story and narrative. Yeah, and I, that's the way games have always been. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah. I didn't really understand that criticism, really, because well, it's he like pointed out too that like even if you even if they did have the budget to fill the house with all all kinds of extra stuff, he also pointed out that that, that would also obfuscate. What's yeah. the word? Obscure, obfuscate, a bishop, a bishop, a bishop, a bishop. It would, uh, it would it would hide the the the, tr- the paper trail of stuff that you're supposed to be finding. So even he admitted that more adding more junk to an environment like that is not necessarily a good thing because that that could also start backfiring on you from a gameplay perspective. If, yeah. If things are so encumbered by other stuff in the environment, but I could see there's a point where it like yeah, it really the house really doesn't feel lived in. It kind of does feel like a little bit of a museum or or, or a carnival ride of. It's a set that you're exploring rather than an actual home. Uh, just because he was talking about, like, whereas any other kind of medium for a movie or something like that, it would make it very easy to, like, make it look like a lived-in home. Whereas in a video game, because you're so limited by production stuff and tech stuff, it's very hard to create a... Well, and also, like, in a, in a... To use so your comparison... I don't think he was necessarily home particularly. Oh, no, 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 no. It was the nature of games. kind of limiting from a... Yeah, but I mean, any any game where you can pick up anything, then everything becomes meaningless. Like in Skyrim, like I can walk into a kitchen where there are eight billion vegetables I can pick up, but there are eight billion vegetables I can pick up, and all the time and effort that goes in that, it's cool that I can pick up all those vegetables, but I'm not going to. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the but person. I was more of... interested in it from the writing perspective, where he was talking about how stories are badly written. It's just if you compare it to any other story in any, any other medium, though, it's very basic and not that interesting. Um, yeah, he, he his whole thing was like, yeah, it boiled down to that it's being um, uh, hailed for one thing when really what it is is different. Yeah, and how and yeah, it's 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 more special in how unique it is for the medium that the, that the game is taking place in. Rather than actually telling it like a revolutionary story, story of itself, like he, like you said, you never said the story was bad or anything like that. But if you were to take like the actual just the, the basic text of the game and turn that into a short story, it would be a very short, very non-interesting story of a teen girl who falls in love and runs away, and that's the end of the story. And like, well, that's that's something that happened, but it's not necessarily that engaging. But that's the whole point of it being a game is that mm-hmm. you can even take the most milk toast story and it suddenly becomes more interesting because you have gameplay mechanics you're exploring that world yourself there's a role-playing element and he admits that but it just yeah i don't know yeah it was, it was, i i was totally yeah i get i get the criticism and i get his critique but it's like i feel like i think about like for example comics like i'll read a comic that in of itself is not necessarily like for example templar i loved templar it made me cry like if it were it meant so much to me and if it were just, like, a book, it would have just been a young boy's adventure thing that you could have picked up for the last 150 years, and it would not have yeah. been. But it was a comic. And being, like, it was, it's not just a story, no story exists in a vacuum. It is a part of the medium that it's presented in. And that makes it different, and that can make it unique, or that can make it all these other things. I totally get what he's saying, and I get the context that he's speaking in. But at the same time, I was like... And I got that it was not intended to be a slighting or a slag or anything like that. He felt like he was just observing the reality of it. But, I don't know, I felt... 
I don't know. I really liked going home and I liked a lot. And I'm not that I'm taking it personally or anything. Yeah, we're both Gone Home fans. It's not to say anything bad about Gone Home. Well, and his specific point talking about how, uh, his point of talking about how the quality of Gone Home's writing compares to other mediums was the big point he was making that it seemed to be, uh, he seemed to be working towards was the idea that some people think that Gone Home, because it's about gays, about, about its teenagers, the fact that there is no gameplay it's such a kind of unique game. People are expecting this to be a potential, like, this is the kind of game you would show other people mm-hmm. to show, like, oh, games can do any kind of story. But he points out that, like, if if you were to take that in face value and actually show this to other people who don't play games, mm-hmm. if you were to, like, at least if you were to show them the story, they would be bored because anyone who would be interested enough and in gone home would have already would already known, have read and, and seen other stories that are much more interesting and much more well done than Gone Homes. It's just... You're, as a gamer trying to thrust this game on other people, you're burdened with having to say, well, this is great for a game, but that doesn't mean a lot to other people who are already used to uh, engaging in stories like Gone Homes that have already told better in other mediums. And so it's a little bit of a, I don't know, it's it's, it's kind of weird. It's, I don't know. Gone Home, whatever. <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> Some things are richer in their context. <sighs> yeah! It's no Loco Cycle. It's no Grand Theft Auto Five. What are you gonna do? Gone home. They still haven't said anything See, about DLC. I saw though. I saw that they finally. Um, not that they, they not that they were bragging about how much money they said, but I saw that Steve Gaynor was on Twitter talking about like because we were so worried about money with this game, we have not bought any booze for the last couple months, and they finally actually like splashed down on he like he splurged on a, uh, on some whiskey this week. Uh, so I'm glad to see they made enough money to actually justify getting drunk. Yep. Do you have nothing to say? Nope. <laughs> Are you upset because you weren't invited to the Gone Home drinking party this week? Oh, that's it, my friend. I was too busy yeah. celebrating my anniversary. No, uh, yeah, I, yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. That that article I thought was interesting, and I don't think his points were invalid. I just feel like to say that something is meaningless when you remove it from its context isn't that's i get what he's saying but it it, pretty much anything is meaningly when it's removed from its context and put of course when you put something in a different context it it's cast in different light he was talking about how other all these other people even cliff blazinski was like i was weeping at the end of this game was such a magnificent story and he's like that's not really that much of an amazing story it's a teenage girl runs away with her girlfriend and fuck up their lives but it's not like I, I can see that because I was from that perspective where I was not necessarily blown away by the story of Gone Home. I really like that world. I like the characters and stuff, but like I still ultimately thought like even the ending of the game was really pat and uninteresting and kind of a letdown. And so of course, like with this kind of review, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is interesting because he also is not necessarily that overwhelmed by the writing of that game. So I mean, that's that's my that's my bias too. So of course, I'd be like, oh, this is actually an interesting. This is an interesting write up. And I don't know. This is not, I'm not trying to be all like, well, this game is not nearly as good as Stephen King's It, which is a book, which uh-huh. makes it better than a video game. Uh-huh. No, it's not like that. But, you know, I don't know. It's it's storytelling in games versus other mediums, which is a weird conversation because, like I said, stories and yeah. games are different by virtue of fact because they are a game and they can't be told the same way they are in other mediums. Yeah, basically, you know, I felt like this, boil, this article boiled down to, and I get that, like you were saying, that was kind of his thesis was um, if you present this game to non-gamers, they will react differently than a gamer will. And it's because of this game is mostly, is largely revelatory in the context of games. 
And and then, but that's a criticism of it. I don't know. I just that's... yeah. It's hard to blame. It's hard to blame Gone Home where the people made Gone Home when it's this is more about the low bar that is set for gaming and storytelling rather than nothing. There's nothing really specific about this game that you can really target against. It's more just about what people expect of games and what people don't expect of games. And and see, it's, uh, it's whereas... a little bit like getting wrapped up about storytelling and architecture. <laughs> you know, it's not like that's not necessarily arch- architecture's first job either. No, I don't see it. That I don't. It's, it's, uh, it is. It's like it's like to say, well, this this game shouldn't get uh shouldn't get a pass because it's first. Is kind of what it boiled down to for me, or it's like it shouldn't get a pass because it's just because it's different. I don't know. I was I don't know. I uh really liked Gone Home. It was deeply important to me. I can see I don't know. I just yeah. And it's I don't know. It's like anything to I not that I think that it's not deserving of criticism and not that I necessarily am saying that it's a highlight of all literature. It's just there's nothing wrong with a simple story told well and it, that it doesn't get heard in that way. It's like it's like for example, my wife and I were talking about like rap music and like female rappers and how important that was even if they weren't necessarily saying anything different. Just that they were, you know, it's like that. And, and it's the same thing with games. It's like, I don't necessarily like, for example, playing Saints Row 4, the game does not mean any, the game does not intend to be a game where I can be a transsexual, like, you know, supervillain, but it lets me be that. And even, it's not making that choice, but it lets me do that. And that's important to me. Have so, you listened to a lot of Nicki Minaj? No. She is hilarious. What female rappers were we talking about? Uh, specifically, we're talking about how much we love Missy Elliott. Love yeah, Missy no, Missy Elliott's Elliot fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. any lady dresses up like a garbage bag Mega Man is is gonna be it. No, there's, there's a, a garbage bag song. Mega Man. Yeah, you didn't see that video. You have to see that shit sometimes. It's hilarious. I'm gonna Google no. garbage bag Mega Man and see how this Man, goes. Man, there's a song by Kanye West called "I'm a Monster." Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicki Minaj, she does a whole riff on, and, and she's she's the whole end of the song, and her thing in that is fuck. It's one of my favorite rap things ever. I have to send you an MP3 because I don't think you've ever heard of Kanye West before. <laughs> Not to introduce you to what? Kanye West, Mr. West. Mr. My Mr. boss West. made fun of me the other day because I was talking about how Kanye West is arguably my favorite modern poet, and she made fun <laughs> of me for about twelve hours about that. Why did you actually say that out loud? I did. Don't say that. Oh, you were sincere that she was fucking with you. Oh, see, Kanye West is most interesting to me when he is exploring the nature of um, being a Christian in a society that claims to value Christian values but does not. And that what's conflict? the song with the marching band that he has? The song do, with the marching band. Do, 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 do. Oh, can we get busted for copyright infringement? We can start singing Kanye West songs. <laughs> Let's find out. No, it's not. He's like talking about. Jesus better fail me because I got feats to do and I got to sell drugs. And he's like, mama, Bill, don't let me down. I'm surprised you didn't put anything on uh, your wor- notes about Jurassic World. Oh, wait. What? Did we talk about World. that before? I don't think we did. Um, This is this is the sequel to the Super Mario 3D Land. It's going to be <laughs> Super Jurassic World 3D. Uh, well, they, this is the Jurassic Park 4, right? Yeah, have they? You know out? what? Spoilers. I've never really cared much for the Jurassic Park film, so I didn't care that much. Really? Not even the yeah! first one? My heart was broken when the first Jurassic Park movie came out because I thought it was going to be about dinosaurs. And the T-Rex scene was cool, but the rest of it is they're being chased by, like, Velociraptors, which are boring. I want to see fucking T Rex wow. all the time. Oh, Bill! I was my heart was broken by Jurassic Park. I thought like, yeah, there's not enough dinosaurs and not enough of the good dinosaurs. There's no there was no pterodactyls. There's no Stegosaurus. 
There's no Triceratops. Well, there's a Triceratops, but it poops and dies. Uh, but you know what I mean? You want to see... You see... You want a big-budget dinosaur movie? You want T-Rex all in that shit. Not fucking Velociraptors. Fucking Finn Spitty shit. <laughs> shit. Wow. Okay. I didn't know you had these you feelings broke, about Jurassic Park. You broke Jurassic my heart, Fredo. I know it was you. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Anyway, I was mostly interested in Jurassic Pearl World because I hope against hope that that one cr- crazy-ass, crazy Jurassic Fart part... Jurassic Fart. That's the name of Bill's hilarious <laughs> Jurassic Park fan fiction. Um, Is that the one where, like, they live in a medieval castle yes! and they have guns or they something? They have guns! <laughs> uh, they fight against that's robot that's like... Nazis or something. Oh my god. Did you see the set pics from the, like, I forgot Michael Bay's making a new Ninja Turtle movie, and the pictures from the Ninja Turtles lair set got leaked, and they have, like, furniture made out of pizza boxes and stuff. I thought it actually looked kind of cool. Again, I am not a big fan of Michael Bay, but I was like, yeah, that's a cool Ninja Turtle lair. I'm down with that. Um, That's also, I think that's the same one where April O'Neil is being played by Thumb, Thumb, what, like, uh, Toe Thumb, or whatever the hell her name is. Toe Thumb. Megan Fox. Oh, Toe really? Thumb. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You think you couldn't get Gemma Adderton to play April O'Neil? No, I don't want to be sexually attracted to April O'Neil, thank you. Oh, really? Okay, that is kind of hilarious, the Pizza Hut backings of their... Yeah. Uh, of course, it's got to be licensed pizza stuff. It can't wah, just be from, wah. you know, local pizzeria in, in, in New York, but yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. <sighs> Having said that, turtle power. Uh, uh, so I'm assuming Michelangelo was your favorite. I was Raphael, dude. Are you kidding? Oh, because well, well, he had rage issues. I I was big on Raphael because I liked that he was um, uh, cranky and an asshole, and he was kind of like an anti-hero sort of thing. I liked okay, him. Okay, too. He's then my favorite. Should, then you should watch the Breaking Bad finale tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, you your favorite Ninja Turtle is Raphael. Therefore, you should really <laughs> watch the Breaking Bad finale tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Anyway, hey everybody, yeah. this was the Boy Howdy podcast. As always, we're um, boyhowdypodcast dot com at boyhowdypodcast on Twitters. Howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com. You can email us. I think that still works. You can leave reviews for us on iTunes or whatnot. Oh, and most importantly, I wanted to check and see the winners of our um, uh, uh, six gun giveaway. Yeah, I so think did you, only did you... one, two, three, four people entered. So I think everybody won. How many how many copies did you have to give away? Five. <laughs> Here, let me see. Let me see. Boy, howdy, six gun. You know anyone who's watching? Or is still is anyone still watching us live? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm in another screen. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Jonathan very sweetly entered on behalf of uh. Uh, Jonathan uh, said that he's been wanting to get it for a while and hasn't got around to it. So, Jonathan, oh, you're getting one. Adrian very sweetly entered on behalf of his friend Laura. Adrian, I'm just going to tell you right now, I will absolutely give one to Laura, but if you would like one, I'm going to have an extra. You may have one, too. Maxwell Motley wanted one. You're getting one, Max. And uh, Monica, as well. My dear, sweet, wonderful listeners, send me an email um and, isn't it uh, great to have such a listenership so small that when you have a giveaway everyone gets a copy exactly <laughs> everybody look underneath your chairs you're all getting the six gun oh did i tell you that we're supposed to be getting review spaghettios did you wait did it actually happen i know you asked them for it did it actually happen they said they're sending it, it should be here sometime soon <laughs>
They said, You're unfortunately, good. they were out of Super Mario SpaghettiOs. Presumably, oh, you did tell me they're going to send us the cheeseburger SpaghettiOs, Cheeseburger right? SpaghettiOs. I'm hopefully, I'm hoping for, like, a gross of them and not just, like, one can, but I want, like... Oh, my God. That stuff looks like barf, too. I've, I've, I've looked at the pictures online. and Oh, my God. Oof. I'm really looking forward to that, Bill. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I was about to say they should have pizza SpaghettiOs, but that's kind of what SpaghettiOs are kind of are, because it is just pasta and tomato sauce. Yeah, how, would you, make, how would you make pizza SpaghettiOs? Like, what would you do to it to make it unique? Like, you take you some mozzarella, and you shred it on top, and you nuke it so it melts on top. Ugh. And the you put it on crackers, and so that's crust. like the bread. Like, from a marketing perspective, the idea of, of SpaghettiOs with crust is the worst idea. <laughs> that sounds like a little, like, I'm sure they have a Lunchables that's just that. You just have a little thing of SpaghettiOs, you dump it on a cracker. It's pizza. There is actually a a, a, a Lunchables pizza thing, Bill, that is oh, really? a little wafer Do we need to do, we should dough. start reviewing Lunchables on the podcast. Oh, crap. Only if they're for free. <laughs> All right, friends. <laughs> I keep joking. I still want to do, like, junk food reviews on the podcast every once in a while i don't want to be snack taku dude that just makes me uncomfortable (laughs) is that is that something they still do i don't know i don't read kotaku anymore yeah um other than that really good lucas arts article it was really good uh do you care about the monster cereals are coming out now we talked about it on uh, last week's podcast. No, but, like, like people are buying them. It's driving me nuts because I see people people posting pictures on Twitter of, like, I got some Count Chocula, I got some Booberry, and I haven't been able to find it yet myself. Aww, so it's kind of killing me inside. Yeah, it's not technically October yet. Maybe Portland doesn't get their stash of General Mills Monster cereals until October officially rolls in. I guess we'll find out, but yeah. Oh, man, I saw someone post a picture on Twitter of some department store that already has their Christmas stuff up. I, which I'm a little I'm a little freaked out by I love October I love Halloween but I'm always a little reticent about Halloween kicking in like start celebrating Halloween because as soon as Halloween is over that that's when everything does like right into Thanksgiving and Christmas stuff yep Ugh. which is funny to think as soon as actually Halloween's passed we're just gonna be a week or two from new consoles that are not gonna have anything to play on so what's gonna be your, now that you've got GTA 5 What's going to be your next console game purchase of any for the rest of the year? Uh, there's the Beyond, yeah, Assassin's Creed 4, there's the Beyond Two Souls. I think that's it. I think that's it for me for the rest of the year. Well, Assassin's Creed 4, are you going to, that's, that's actually maybe when you have to decide, what, that comes out like, I think like, what, the week before Halloween. That's going to be when you're going to have to decide whether or not you want a console or not, because you either get it for the Xbox or or PlayStation 4. We talked about this. We talked about this before. I was getting it for the PlayStation 3, and then if I get a PlayStation 4, I can pay 10 bucks and download it on the PlayStation 4. Oh, I forgot. Oh, that's right. I forgot they came out this this thing, uh, the news this week, that your progress may not necessarily carry over, which totally makes sense. If you're just going to yeah. get a whole new copy of a game on a different system, you can't actually expect all your progress to carry over. But... Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> all right, friends, now that we wrap things up, let's wrap things up. We'll talk to you all next week about some more pop culture pap. See you guys. <laughs> Take care, y'all. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Walking out for love. I'm walking out really down in a cool breeze. I'm going to be late again. Drive away from me, please. I'm running all in vain trying to catch this train. to the floor it's gone crazy time don't do it again now i'm stressed and strained anger and pain in the subway train Lights off.
Now it's half past three. Time made a fool out of me.